Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to, guys. I'm sorry, guys. If you guys watch Nene's YouTube, which I'm sorry if you do, but her intro <laughs> where it says, Narita, that's, that's me. Wow. Hmm. And for the past 20 years, as much as I try to get away from it, it always brings me back in. You know, I, I don't follow it as, as religiously as I used to. And now it's kind of been more of, uh, I'm interested in like the business side of things, how, how they put the stories together, how all that stuff just fascinates me. And obviously I still get entertained by it because I still watch it, but. Taz knows episode, who knows, because I never keep count. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. I think this is the seventh. Is it the seventh or eighth? I don't know. This is our podcast, according to your Instagram. So... Well, this is Taz knows, so it's about Taz, because he knows mm. everything. I know everything. He knows everything. Shut up. We're going to toast. We actually have our whiskey with us today. Hey. You guys hear that? Clink. <laughs> Clink. Not that we're alcoholics or anything, but... <laughs> we're not alcoholics. Not after training, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's not like the day that this is going to be posted and we're rushing <laughs> to record this <laughs> at midnight. Because we're like, oh shit, we yeah. should probably record the podcast, huh? Oh, that yeah. comes out in the morning. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, do we start with the news like before or after? Do we end with announcements? Is this like class where we end with the announcements? Or are we going to start with the announcements and then we go on? I think you should let people know what the hell is going to happen. <clears throat> All right. So um, last week we had the podcast with John. Yes. Right. Yes. So um, we have the way that thing, we've been doing things. We've had the podcast with one of my students. Nene and I come on here. We talk about it and all that stuff. And then next week would be another uh, training video on, on the Tasno's YouTube channel. Uh, we're going to make some changes given... Our schedule, what we talked about, what we're comfortable with, what I'm comfortable with, number one. Um, and just talking to some people and going back to the roots of why we started this to begin with. Uh, we started the YouTube channel and the podcast, Taz Knows, so that my students and anybody that's interested can learn a little bit of who I am outside of a coach and instructor. Yes, because we see you all the time, so we get bored of you. And it dawned on me last week that is like, we started a YouTube channel where I'm still an instructor and coach using my instructor day. and coach voice mm -hmm. um, that, you know, my students see on a daily basis five times a week for hours on end without me to stop talking. So <laughs> uh, we are going to make some changes. Um, this uh, anybody that's been following the podcast and likes the podcast, we, uh, we've gotten uh, positive feedback on the podcast, so this is going to turn into a weekly thing. We're going to have a weekly podcast, um, and then the YouTube videos are going to be, we haven't 100% decided how often we're going to put them, but they're going to be less frequent, and the YouTube videos are going to be, I'm still going to train with my students and stuff. It's going to be less of me teaching, but I'm going to give you guys kind of an insight of, of what my training is like and my mindset when it comes to the training. Yes. Um, so that's what we're planning on doing, but key thing is that these podcasts are going to be a weekly thing every Tuesday at 12 p.m. They're going to come out. Hey, finally. Finally. It's about time you decide. Finally, yes, yes. And uh, next week's podcast is a very special one because uh, you guys will finally be able to hear the conversation I had with UFC Hall of Famer Dan Severn. Ooh. Hold on, guys. I think an owl just broke into the house. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't come out like it went in my head. I'm sorry. Never mind. Well, that's what's going on. Um, that's what's going on. Uh, so now we're going to get into, into the conversation for this week. Yay. So I was just, um, I was mentioning to Tess because as a matter of fact, yes, he <clears throat> always, um, he talks about his students and we all know each other at the gym 
at least for those that listen. Um, we do see him on a regular basis at the gym. He's always talking about, you know, martial arts and stuff. But we all know that, yeah, he's an MMA coach. We know that. We see him all the time. But at the same time, I think I, like, as a friend, I do get more of the real Taz. Like, Taz. what we have now with some whiskey and him just chilling. Him, him just feeling himself and being himself and this is something that i wanted to have him share because i think it's necessary and i think it's all of this was her idea to no i really i mean you are right but then, again, <laughs> but then again i do think that people do need to get to know you because yeah. you came exactly you started from the bottom <laughs> now you're here, here. <laughs> yes but at the same time a lot of people don't really understand what goes on behind the scenes of you not just being a coach but as a person yeah and so the fact that now with this dan severin and you're very passionate about pro wrestling and i don't think you have really elaborated who you are as a wrestling fan and like how that started in the beginning and the, the reason for that is because there's such a it, it became such a stigma to be a wrestling fan over the years and then on top of that to be a wrestling fan and be in the world of MMA, you know, because mm -hmm. it's it's combining entertainment and actual sport. I don't want to say real because then that would imply that I'm calling wrestling fake. Ooh. We don't use the F word in this house when it comes to professional wrestling. We say scripted. Okay. We don't say the F word. <laughs> um, okay. No, it became such a stigma for, for a lot of different reasons. Um, obviously, the scandals that have been in professional wrestling, the tragedies in professional wrestling, and just overall that the, the product isn't always the best, you know. Yeah. But I, I started watching wrestling when I was seven years old. It was 1999 that I started watching wrestling, right before my eighth birthday. Um, my cousin Anton, who has been spoken about a few times on this podcast, <laughs> but uh, he's the one that got me into it, you know, and... I remember my my journey with professional wrestling is different than I'd say than most people mm -hmm. because I found out what professional wrestling was the first night watching it. Um, I mean, isn't that how a lot of people start? <laughs> no, yeah. well, as in it, that it, it was scripted. I okay, found okay. out that it was scripted. <laughs> okay. My first night of watching it. So I, I, did, I didn't grow up with this whole image that these guys were were these superhuman uh, warriors i found out that they were essentially athletic actors within three hours of my first show so yeah i my cousin got me into it i saw some commercials for it and i was drawn by this wrestler by the name of macho man randy savage dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> that's the man that that's I the guy that that Got everything going, and he's one of the guys that I, I talk about as one of my, my inspirations of why Taz came to be, which I'm sure that's going to be a, a whole other one, so try not to, to drift too far. Yeah. But the first, uh, the first event that I watched was called the Great American Bash, WCW, the Great American Bash, June of 1999. I could have an exact date, but I don't want to embarrass myself on, on the recording, but I want to say it was like June... June 17th, and I'm going to look it up later, and mm -hmm. I'm going to be disappointed that I don't remember it. Dang. But, because uh, I, I'd, I'd like to think I'm good remembering stuff like that. You know, and it just so happened that Macho Man was in, in the main event wrestling for the world title that night. Mm -hmm. And he didn't win the belt. And seven-year-old me cried because Macho Man didn't win the belt. Aww. So, my, <laughs> my dad, you know, he's watching the event with me, and my dad... He grew up watching wrestling, and I'd later find some interesting stories about his fandom for professional wrestling. But instead of trying to comfort his son and <laughs> saying, oh, you know, he's, he's going to come back stronger from this loss and he's going to get that belt. Yeah. He's like, you know, this isn't real, right? Ah, oh, damn. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> he was like, oh, this is scripted. Like, he didn't actually lose. I mean, he was trying to make me feel better by saying that, you know, he didn't actually lose. It yeah. was just, you know, it was in the script for him not to win the belt. 
And so now I'm like crying because I was like, <laughs> so this isn't even real. <laughs> you know, so I had one, I had one three hour show of believing that these guys were these superhuman warriors. <laughs> and then your dad. And then my dad bubble. comes along and pop, pops the bubble. <laughs> and that's why I become a, pu- a bubble popper myself. Jesus, uh, <laughs> tell me about it. I'm the one that is always listening to all those things. Okay. <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah. But that didn't stop me. I, 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 I still watched it. Um, I didn't know it was a weekly show for a few months. So I was only watching it like once a month on the pay-per-views. And back in 99, the pay-per-views were like 20 bucks. And now they're like 60 bucks, 80 bucks, something ridiculous like that. Yeah. You know, but uh, the, the next month in July, Macho Man finally won the belt, so... Came there back was that. Strong. He came back strong, like I knew he would. And were, like the script read it, and then he lost the belt the next day. But <laughs> we won't get into that, you know. But yeah, from there, it just it, it became such a big part of my life, and it got Anton and me a lot closer. You know, we we bought all the toys, we played all the games, we you know we started wrestling in our living room. So that's why we're both jacked up already. We he doesn't have. Like the MCL, the ACL, PCL, all that shit is torn up. But we were jumping off couches, pretending we were in the turnbuckles and stuff. You should talk about just. <clears throat> I know you're talking about wrestling, but it's just a funny story with your nose. Yeah, so <laughs> just it's just kind of funny. It's I'm gonna say most of you that are listening know what I look like. If you don't know what I look like, then use <laughs> Instagram, and even on the Instagram, you won't see too many close-ups uh, of my face. But I have a, I have a distinct nose. <laughs> Um, <laughs> That's gotta why it's called Dad's it. nose. <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. I bet. There's like a, a weird. I don't even know how, how describe my nose for the people. I mean, it's like a parrot. <laughs> okay. This is a bad idea. Like this that. is a bad idea. My my nose has a ridge, right? Yes, it's yes, very I'm rounded good. at the top. Um, and my cousin Anton and I are the only two in the family that have this nose, and we have. We have some difficulty breathing through our nose, too. And we can recall two times, because we've traced it back. Um, There's one incident where we were wrestling, and seven-year-old Taz, eight-year-old Taz wasn't aware that, yeah, I don't know how to pull a punch. So I threw a punch, (laughs) and I hit him in the nose. I hit him in the nose, and he instantly put his head down, grabbed his nose, and then he, he ran to the bathroom, and he stayed there for like 20 minutes. My mom comes upstairs and I'm crying. She's like, what happened? And I was like, I punched him. I punched him. <laughs> you know? So I felt bad that I hit him. And he was bleeding. So, you know, and he was, he's three years older than me. So he had to be 11 at the time if I was around eight. Um, you know, so did I break his nose? Who knows? And But that would explain <laughs> his nose. And then mine, he, you know... We would take our cushions, put them on the floor, and we'd pretend that we're jumping off the top rope just by saying it. We would announce, oh, off the top rope. And then Anton had the genius idea of actually going on the part of the couch where you sit on and jump off of that. (laughs) So I was like, oh, I can do that. So I jump off of that spot and boom, hit it. And then Anton always wanting to one-up me, he goes up on to the armrest. And he balances himself on the armrest, and he jumps, and he lands. So I was like, I can do that. Mm -hmm. So I climb up to the armrest, and I slip, and I landed face first onto the floor. Missing all the cushions that we had, like the little mini ring that we made, missed all of them. And hit, boom! (laughs) I kind of just stayed there. And so he's like my body like shaking and he thought like I was convulsing or something. Oh my God. And he's like, Sean, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? And I was, he turns me around and I'm like laughing. But oh I, I, just, I landed right on my face so hard. Oh so did that break my nose? Who knows? <laughs> but we're the only two in the family that... And that started from our, our little our little pro wrestling start uh, yeah. in our living room. But yeah, it it just it's been it's been a big part of my life. It it's you know, from from WCW I, I was just a WCW guy at the beginning with Macho Man and then Macho Man was kind of on his way out. And then uh Anton's the one that was more of the WWF guy and you know, 
started watching that too and that's where I discovered The Undertaker and he kind of took over Macho Man's role when Macho Man kind of stopped wrestling for a while hmm. and for the past 20 years as much as I try to get away from it it always brings me back in you know I, I don't follow it as as religiously as I used to and now it's kind of been more of, uh, I'm interested in like the business side of things how how they put the stories together how all that stuff just fascinates me and obviously I still get entertained by it because I still watch it but right but my biggest thing with me though because I I always wonder why you were so attached to Randy and mm -hmm. to The Undertaker. Considering Randy is, from what I've seen from his past interviews, he's very like flamboyant. 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 Best way to describe Macho. Yeah, thing. like flamboyant, like over the top, super mm -hmm. out there. You know, that's such a crazy ass guy. Yeah. And then considering how you were, I mean, you are, you know. Not saying you're not like that. No, you're the total opposite of of him. Yeah, and, so and I, I was fascinated. Like, why is it that he was the one that you were so inspired by? He he was what I wanted to be. He he because mm. he he didn't care what people thought. He wore the most ridiculous things, and you know he he just I I thought he was cool. You know, I, the 1999 version of Randy was a little bit different because he was dressed in all black. You know, he was dressed in leather. He had the slick back ponytail <laughs> and stuff and a beard. And he had these three girls with him. I was like, that's that's life. You know, <laughs> this is just the one time where you could mock him, please. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> that's it. I'm sorry. Uh, I have to guys. I'm sorry. Guys. If you guys watch Nene's YouTube which I'm sorry if you do, but her intro <laughs> where it says, Narita, that's, that's me. I love it, guys. I just get, I had to, I had to. <laughs> it hurts my voice now so much. Um, but uh, no, he, he, he was my definition of cool. That's And I was the shy kid. I was like, I, I want to be like that guy. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, and then I grew up and kind of learned about, more about him and it was kind of more of a sad story and kind of yeah. turned in there, there's parts of him that is just he was so he wanted to be the best mm -hmm. he wasn't the biggest guy but he his character was bigger than his stature mm -hmm. he wanted to be this over-the-top persona so people so he could essentially compete with these guys that were six five and he was barely six feet yeah you know and if he's considered small at six feet then I'm basically a midget in that industry. <laughs> Damn, yeah. You know, and that—that's what—that's why he inspired me. And by '99, he was already on his way out. I think he—he he officially had his last match in 2004, mm -hmm. and there was a few years in between that he didn't wrestle, and then he died in um, 2011. You know, but then, like I said, once I made the jump to the WWF, now WWE, um, the Undertaker took that role, and the Undertaker was the more quiet mysterious guy that I, I felt drawn to because that was more I felt resonated with me got it so you know what because okay so when did Eddie Guerrero come into the play because you're talking about from Randy Savage yeah then I feel like The Undertaker took like most of your life yeah but then where where did Eddie come into play and in what, in what era from your life did he come into your life So when people ask me who's who's my favorite wrestler, yeah. and, and it's hard it's hard to to kind of put them. I always give them the top three, mm -hmm. and, and these guys are my top three for very specific reasons because they've touched me in very different ways. Mm -hmm. You know, when when Macho Man died in 2011, I was I was 20 years old, and people were sending me condolence text messages when he died you know Anton's the one that texted me I was lifting weights he's like did you hear about Macho and I was like what do you mean did I hear about Macho he's like he died yeah. he was in a car accident I was like what the fuck I stopped my lift immediately to go look at the internet stuff yeah. and then my dad called me from work he's like I heard Macho Man died like how are you doing blah 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 You know, so I, I got those phone calls because people knew how, how, how much I looked up to him. Yeah. You know, so he was the, the guy that got it started. Then The Undertaker took over and he was the guy that everyone knew that he was my guy. I, 
I, I've met him four times and I spent some money to meet him uh, a bunch of those times. Yeah. You know, Eddie, Eddie was a case that, that really shocked me because he was around the entire time I was watching wrestling, but I never really paid attention to him until about 2000, the end of 2003, he started catching my attention because he was just so damn funny. You know, he, 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 he started being himself around that time. And he was, I thought he was the funniest guy that they had, <laughs> you know, and, and being a Latino guy. And then he was, I think they advertised him as 5'8". I never met him or never, I, I've seen him perform live and I was in the front row for one of his matches, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I never got to see really how tall he was, but he was advertised as 5'8". In wrestling, they always, they always make people taller than what they are so i was like all right he's about my height we were very close in height you know so at the time i wanted to be a professional wrestler from the moment that i saw it it wasn't until i started mma that i started making the shift that i was going to be in the world of mma Mm -hmm. Um, but i I just never really thought that i could actually do it because of my size Mm -hmm. and then in 2004 eddie guerrero won the wwe title and that just I, i remember the night vividly watching him win the belt because it was a big deal because he was the first latino wwe champion in like 40 years and he was the smallest champion that they had and then i was like maybe i can do this mm-hmm. you know and he was that guy and then i became a huge fan of him that night and because he was a big inspiration mm-hmm. and then uh a year and a half later he was dead at the age of 38 and and he died November 13, 2005. And when I read the news, I, I cried myself to sleep that night and the next night because, you know, it was just, he, he was that much of an inspiration to me. And after, it was after he died that I kind of started shifting away. I stopped watching it so much. Um, I would basically just watch whenever The Undertaker had a big match, <laughs> you know, but those three guys were the guys that, that really got me going. And, you know, like I said, Randy was that, that over the top character that made me want to break out of my shell to not be so shy. Eddie showed me that it, no matter how small you are, you can do whatever you set your mind to. He had drug problems. He, he fought from the bottom and he had everything, lost everything because of his addictions and then worked his way back up regained his family regained his job and became became the world champion you know and then it was cut short you know but that's he fulfilled his mission he inspired so many people that he he should have died so many times before during his addictions but it wasn't the same you know Mm -hmm. people still talk about him yeah and he's one of people's biggest yeah inspiration yeah you know so for me he was that and for the undertaker it was just he was that constant because he's in the company for 30 years and he was always there and then um he's actually the guy that that got me into mma because Mm. he you know i i became more interested in you know randy poffo instead of randy savage i was interested in mark calloway who plays the undertaker and i was interested in eddie guerrero was eddie guerrero but I saw an interview with The Undertaker where he talked about MMA. Mm. And then that got me hooked. You know, but the, the characteristic that Undertaker has that I always looked up to was, was his loyalty mm. to the WWE and Vince McMahon. It was 30 years at the company, and uh, technically he's still employed by the company. He's retired now. But it was 30 straight years. I was just, through the good times and the bad times, he stuck with them. Also, yeah. another thing that I can see where you carried on those traits because mm-hmm. you started with victory and you were loyal to technically victory and anthony yeah for such a long time how long were you loyal to seven. seven seven years. years so you were loyal to, to loyal to him until you started your own stuff but the same thing like the same characteristics that that the undertaker had you have them too mm-hmm. That's where it's like when when I hear about this wrestler, it's like, like I can see where you mean like yeah you see yourself in them yeah yeah you do carry a lot of their characteristics and it's it's awesome to have yeah and that's where I, I kind of built a, an emotional attachment to these guys mm. you know I I wasn't one of the popular kids in school and stuff you know so I didn't have too many friends growing up but I knew I could turn on the TV and and they're gonna be there I had all the yeah all the tapes of them wrestling so whenever 
I had a bad day or I was feeling low and popped them in and, you know, Randy was there, Undertaker was there, Eddie was there, whenever whenever I needed them to be there. Yeah. You know, so I built that emotional attachment. I think that's why when, when Eddie died, it, it hit me so hard because he was like the, the first big one and it was unexpected. He was 38. You know, I had just yeah. seen him wrestle the week before, you know, and then three days after his last match, he's dead. You know what? It's crazy because... <clears throat> When you, you, the first time that I heard you tell me about these stories, I was like, I always thought they were super weird. Mm -hmm. I mean, I never really had that, like that emotional attachment to like a public figure. Mm -hmm. And then considering that's how you were and you, and you, it's like, you know, their life from the very beginning, Yeah. you follow their journey and you got so attached to them. And then it was one time that I remember that we were watching his movie, like documentary. Mm -hmm. And then you got teary eye when we were talking about Eddie and stuff. And yeah. I was like, I, I didn't believe it at first when you first talked about him and told yeah, me. Yeah, it's very hard for emotional. me to even hear his name without getting emotional. That's what about I'm it. saying. Is like when I saw that, saw your face looking at that that documentary, I was like, oh my god, he's actually feeling <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah. getting sad. Like yeah, <laughs> this is this is real stuff. Like I and that's why I can't make fun of you about mm -hmm. that because this is something you truly feel. Yeah. You know, and like I said, he died in 2005, so we're looking at, it's going to be 16 years this year. Damn. And, you know, I, I hear his name and I, yeah, I get him because the, the inspiration that he gave me yeah. to just, to be myself, to be proud of my roots yeah. and to not give up just because I'm smaller than other people, you know, and the, we had the opportunity to meet his daughter and we've gotten to, to get to know her or not yeah. get to know her personally, but, you know, we've talked to her and we see her shows and stuff. Yeah. You know, and that, that was a big deal for me, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it was weird at the beginning because it was like, you know, I'm a fan of your father. Like, it's just like, are you, like, I don't want to say that because, you know, not that my dad's famous, but like, you know, my dad has his own business out here. Yeah. Uh, as an eye doctor, I go to the bank and you're like, are you Dr. Lao's son? And it, it always, <laughs> it always got on my nerves. I was like, no, I don't I'm not Dr. Lao's. Right. I'm Sean, I'm Taz. I'm, I'm my own person. <laughs> I wipe my, I own, wipe my hands. own hands. <laughs> you know, so I can't imagine what it'd be like to be the, the daughter of, of someone like Eddie Guerrero. You know, so the first time we met her, you know, she does burlesque here in Chicago. And the first time we met her, it was a little awkward. She had followed me on Instagram a few years before. When she moved to Chicago, I introduced myself and told her she needed a place to work out. Yeah. Um, and then when we met her, it was, it was, I was full awkward because I, I didn't know what burlesque was until we got there. And then I, I was like, I'm sorry, Eddie. And the funny thing is that we brought your parents, right? Yeah, I brought my parents <laughs> and then my mom's cousin from Guatemala. And she has like a heart condition and then... I thought it was a variety show and it's it been awesome though. It's, it's no, it was great. We went, we went back. I love this so know, much. Yeah, but <laughs> I loved it. You know, it was it was just uh, an honor to to get to talk to Shaw a little bit, and yeah. you know, and I think you're the one that broke the ice to her. It's like I didn't know who who you were until Shaw started telling me about, about your yeah, dad. Yeah, but then I was like, the way that I was introduced, I mean, you told me, okay, Eddie Guerrero's daughter. Yeah. And then when I saw her perform, I was like, oh, damn, damn, yeah. this passion, <laughs> damn, damn. Oh, <laughs> like, she's very match. talented. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's, she, she carries she's so passionate. Passion. I love that. You know, and if you wouldn't have said it, I probably wouldn't have said it, you know, and, you know, just she has said that she, she appreciates that her dad's legacy Yes. It's still remembered and stuff, you know, and it, November November 13th is the day that he died. October 9th is his birthday, and those are two days that, <laughs> you know, I I spend those days watching a lot of his stuff. So, yeah. You know, I, I've fallen off a little bit watching the current product of, of wrestling because it's kind of gotten goofy over these mm -hmm. past <laughs> few years, but uh, I, I still get entertained, but it, I I watched one of his matches at least a hundred times by now, <laughs> and I yeah. still get entertained by it. Yeah. I see the same the same stuff that he does, the same promos that he does, and they still make me laugh. Yeah, you know, and that that's said he grow, you know, and yeah. Macho Man's the same thing, you know. I I know the day that he died. I know his birthday. Undertaker's too, and. I I don't know where my life would have been without professional wrestling because that really got the ball rolling for for MMA for me. Wow. So so now that we talked about Randy Savage and then we talked about Eddie, mm -hmm. 
-hmm. Now I want to mo go more over um, Mac Max. Is it Max? Mark Calloway. I'm sorry. Mark Calloway. Mark Calloway. The Undertaker. Sorry, The Undertaker. But just him, like, first of all, let's talk about, like, his character that really fascinates you. Like, how did it come about the fascination for his character? Because it's very dark. I, I was the weird kid growing up, and my parents were very concerned that I was going <laughs> to be one of those emo kids. Yeah. And then my grandma was concerned that I was going to worship Satan. Right. You know, because, uh, you know, by the time I was watching in 99, The Undertaker, you know, he, he came in in 1990 as the dead man. He was just this mortician character that people believed he was actually dead. Mm. You know, and they, they had the cartoonish characters back in the 90s. So people actually believed that this guy is actually dead. He had this pale face. He put like a purple eyeliner on. <laughs> so he, he looked like a walking zombie and he yeah. moved very slowly. By 99... Um, he was more of a, a satanic cult leader and oh he was doing God. like these rituals and stuff. So obviously being in a traditional Latino family, you know, we grew up Catholic yeah. and this is the guy that I like. I was like yeah. worshiping Satan, mm -hmm. you know, and then, uh, he came back as like with this biker character and then he kind of morphed into the two of them. But it was just, I was interested by darkness. I was, I was scared of the dark growing up. Oh. You know, so I was scared of the dark. Um, I was scared of the devil because who's not scared of the devil? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. so he represented my fear essentially, and, and it's like you run towards your fear. Yeah, and that's that's one of the reasons I like scary movies is because I want to know my fears, mm. and Undertaker represented two of my fears. The only scary movies that actually scare me are like possession movies, like oh. The Exorcist and stuff. Anything that has to do with possession and, and the devil scares the shit out of me. Yeah, who doesn't? You know, so that that was him. Yeah. And so I got drawn to the character, and then I would hear these stories that, you know, he, he's got a broken ankle, and he's wrestling. He's got broken ribs, and he's wrestling. Yeah. He got offered so much money to go to another company, mm -hmm. and he turned him down to stay with, with the WWE. Yeah. I was like, this guy, who is this guy? Yeah. You know, what? what is this? What's he about and stuff, you know? And that's that's when I started seeing more of who he was. And when he took the biker persona in, mm -hmm. in 2000, um, he started talking like himself. He stopped doing, like, his dark, sinister voice, and he just started talking. like. And you were there when I met him the yeah. third time. Yeah, can and I just talk about how I met him? When, when, so, I mean, <laughs> sure. I just, no, it's because I honestly thought that when I was, when I first met him, like, I thought that he was going to be, I don't know, like, I don't know, like, kind of mean. I don't know. He just looks scary. Like, he, his character six foot, looks six scary. Six foot ten, 290 pounds. He's a, he's a big ass dude. Exactly. And then <laughs> when I met him, it's like, it all came in slow motion. Like, he just reached with his warm hand and I mm -hmm. felt his nice warm hand. And he was so, like, homey, like, Tennessee style homey. And when he get, like he held my hand, it was nice and warm. And mm -hmm. I was just, I felt his, like, genuine intention of saying thank you for yeah. being here. So I was like... Oh my god, I like him. And then when we <laughs> when we took that picture, literally I'm by his waist. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm super short, but it was such a good time. <laughs> it, yeah, it's been a journey. Like it, I, when it comes <laughs> to meeting guy. him, I haven't had a meeting that makes me happy with him. I, like yeah. I said, I met him four times. So the first time I met him was in 2003. So I was 12. <laughs> and that one was the only time that I met him for free because this was right. before wrestlers discovered, hey, if I charge people right. 150 bucks for a picture, they're going to pay for it. Right. So it was free at the time. You know, I waited in line for three hours, um, you know, and he signed my magazine. And I was just such an awe of this man. You know, this was the first famous person that I met. And it was yeah. my top guy. And he's sitting down and we're still eye to eye. I'm standing up. He's sitting down and we're still eye to eye because of how tall he is. And I, I just froze. And he's looking at me like, and it's like, what the fuck is wrong with this kid? You know, so he grabs my magazine. He signs it. He slides it back. I grab my magazine. And I walked out. I walk out the door. I was like, I didn't shake his hand. So I was like, fuck. I gotta, fuck. You know, so I was, it always bugged me that I didn't shake his hand. 
And then uh, I had the opportunity again to meet him again in, in 2015. And my dad went with me uh, on that one. And this one was more, there was a professional photographer. There was two lines, one for a picture, one for an artist. This is mm-hmm. one of those Comic-Con conventions and stuff. And I, I dropped arguably too much money for this. I think I spent almost $400 for that day oh for goodness. the autograph and, uh, and uh, the picture. Oh my but my goal was to shake his hand. <laughs> I was like, it. just that's it. Just, just You're going to shake his hand because you didn't shake his hand 12 years ago when you met him the first time. You're going <laughs> to shake his hand now. So they, we did the picture first and I'm walking up to him and I just shake his hand, shake his hand. So I'm walking with my hand extended and you know, he, we had that firm handshake. Yeah. I was like, yes, I shook his hand. <laughs> You know, so we take the picture. Everything's going by so fast because he's got hundreds of people to take pictures with. Yeah. Shook his hand, took the picture, and I start walking out. Mm. And then I just feel this giant hand hit my back. <laughs> and he, like, slaps me on the shoulder. He's like, thanks for coming out. And then I was like, I just walked away from The Undertaker. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so I was like, I have to redeem myself again. You know, uh, then it what was, I think 2019 is when we went to go see him. Was it I think it was 2019. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. And then uh, we go, and like Nanny was saying, this guy's tall, you know, so she's like right by his waist. And, yeah. I mean, a bit taller than Nanny, but he's still not as, as tall as The Undertaker. You know, so we go, and we're taking our picture with him. And then the photographer's like, wait, one more. I was like, I blinked. I felt it. Yeah. But it was during that transition of resetting the camera that I realized that, you know, when I usually put my arm around people's shoulders when I take pictures and stuff. So I got my arm around him, but he's 6'10". Right. I realized, I was like, what am I grabbing? I was grabbing his belt buckle. I was like an <laughs> inch away from grabbing his ass. I was like, motherfucker, dad. Can never be perfect. And so Sorry, I was like, shit. You know, so I shook his hand again, you know, I thanked him again, and then we, we walked out, and it was like, fuck. And so I was like, I gotta redeem myself again. Oh, Jesus, yeah. this is gonna be the last one, so the interview. So, I met him, met him a fourth time when we went to New York, right oh, before yeah, everything yeah, shut yeah. down. I was like, this that is it. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna shake his hand, and I'm not even gonna put my arm, I'm gonna keep my arm <laughs> to my side. I'm, yeah. I'm not gonna grab his ass this time, you know, and... <laughs> That that was the the cleanest one that I, the cleanest meeting I had. I, I shook his hand, you know. He he called me boss because he recognized that I'm a boss. Oh okay, okay. <laughs> um, but um, you do you. Yeah, you know, I walked up to him, shook his hand, we took our picture. He's like, "Thanks for coming out." I was like, "You know, thanks for everything you do." And I walked out. Nice. Did you like that one? That one was that 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 was the best it. one. Good job. After the fourth time. Fourth time's a charm, but I and hundreds of dollars later. Yeah, now I've listened to some of his interviews with um, the Stone. Stone Cold. Stone Cold. God, <laughs> there goes my interview with Stone Cold one day. I'm sorry, Stone Cold. <laughs> this is why I don't do. This is why I don't follow wrestling. But, but, yeah, he's just very humble. Yeah. Um, he's very open to talk about his life and mm-hmm. his journey. Um. Yeah, I. I even the way that he speaks and he expresses about his life, about his family and his career in, in pro wrestling, like he, he's just very humble. Yeah. And that's where, when you tell me like he, he's, he's been loyal to, to Vince McMahon for 30 plus years, mm-hmm. it's like, holy shit. Yeah. Considering he's like the OG of pro wrestling, you know, everyone respects him. Yeah. And he's all about respect. And that's also another trait that I think that you have. Yeah. Like you know, um, obtain because of that. Like you, you want to be respected. You respect mm-hmm. yourself. You respect other people, and that's that's some, something that you know you. It's to be proud of. You know, and he said sense. that it wasn't even in an interview. He said it in character, but yeah. it's like it resonated with me. He's like, I expect to be respected. Yeah. You know, and I, I listened. And I was like, yeah. You know, yeah. you might not like me. I might not be your cup of tea, but. How hard is it to respect me? Yeah. You know, I have done nothing against you. I, I'm just, I'm just being me. He's just being him. Yeah. You know, he he spent all these years and he's wrestled injured. He's wrestled with all these these things. He's on his third wife. You know, and he never stopped. You know, yeah. he it, his dad passed away and he was in the ring two days later. Yeah. 
you know, so he doesn't let things stop him, you know, so you might not like him, he might not be your favorite wrestler, but you gotta respect him, and I think he's earned the respect of, of every wrestling fan. Yeah, the biggest shock for me was when I found out that he had, what, like 27 27 surgeries. 27 surgeries. He's had both hips replaced, both knees replaced. He's had his, both eye sockets repaired because he's busted both of his eye sockets. Oh my God. He's wrestled with broken ribs. He's wrestled with broken ankles. He's had his stomach pumped from drinking too much. This man was a whiskey drinker. Hey. And, um... He got his, gets his stomach pumped for alcohol poisoning, and he's in the ring that day. You know, so he's no excuses. Pack. No, n- n- yeah. There's no excuse with that guy, and that is another thing I respected about him. And it's why, no matter if I wasn't feeling it, no matter if I was sore, no matter if I was tired, no matter if I was hurt, I found a way to get to the gym to train something. And I and now like basing um, like the last few. Well, based on the last few documentaries. I've seen that he goes into the ring and even though he looks like a walking robot, like he's still out there. You know, his wife is right there. She's working now. And mm-hmm. He's still doing his thing. Yeah. And no matter how old he gets, he's still going to continue. And that's where, like, I see that with you. You're very stubborn because, yeah. you know, you know, sometimes you do get injured. But instead of taking care of yourself, you decide to go to the gym and spar mm-hmm. or grapple or do all these things yeah. when, you know, your hips are hurting, your knees are hurting. When I hurt my neck this this last time, seriously, you know, it was, I hurt my neck. I couldn't move my head when I woke up. And by that night, I'm in the cage sparring with you and stuff. You know, it's just... What I'm saying it's like, it's, it's, it's stubbornness, but, you know, you do have the passion. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that The Undertaker did have to, like that passion to just... And and that's something yeah. like with the pro with all the pro wrestlers, not just Eddie and and Randy yeah. and Undertaker. Mm-hmm. It's like, in order to do what they do, you have to be passionate to make it to that level. And yeah. we've gotten to know, on a on a local level with the Zello wrestlers, we've gotten yeah. to talk to a bunch of them, and it's just for them, it's even more so because they're not getting paid, the millions of dollars that the guys in the WWE are. Right. But they're like, busting their ass mm-hmm. just as hard, if not harder, to make it. I mean, now you're you're talking about not just the wrestling aspect, the business aspect. Mm-hmm. Now you have to put yourself out there on social media. Yeah, it's a totally it's different like, game now than it was like, back then. Yeah, like before the wrestlers, may, they just have the chance to focus on the wrestling mm-hmm. and just performing in the ring. Now you have to do that plus the business side yeah. of things and making sure you put yourself out there because then no one's going to know you. Yeah. So I do respect that and... Considering I've been, you know, listening to your stories about the pro wrestlers and then now getting to know, like, the Zello pro wrestlers, it's like, it's very, like, I respect them so much because it's not easy. Like, as much as I also used to believe and I used to have this assumption, like, yeah, pro wrestling is fake, but Mm -hmm. it's not. Like, the things that you're doing, like, that shit hurts. Like, (laughs) that one time that we went to a pro wrestling event... And then, mm-hmm. and then I knocked on the the ring on the ring, and it's just wood. I'm like, no shit. Like <laughs> this is wood. Like this hurts your back. Yeah. you could hurt your back. This. Yeah, and they're taking they're taking those bumps <sighs> multiple times in a match, multiple times in a week. Oh my you god! You know, so it definitely takes a toll, and I, I think a lot of wrestlers don't get the respect that they deserve um, yeah. because of the stigmas that come with it. You know, and it's just. It's unfortunate, you know, and I always tell people, MMA's in my brain, but professional wrestling's in my heart. Um, I, I just, I have so much respect for all of them, you know. You know, now that we're talking about, like, the male pro wrestlers, do you have any female pro wrestler? Like, Stratus. Oh, yeah, you should talk about her because... Stratus. You, Stratus. Like, it gets annoying, but... I still have a picture of her in my room. Seriously. <laughs> That lady we And that was another embarrassing yeah. moment when I met her because I, I got an opportunity to meet her in, I think, 2018. Mm. And I also, for those that really want to get to know me, I have a bit of a, a bit of a gambling problem. I enjoy gambling a little bit too much sometimes. <laughs> I went to this uh, convention thing and they had like this stupid dart game. It's like, it not just playing darts, but it was like there's a point system. It's confusing. Um, long story short, I lost about $500 on that stupid game. Damn and then it was time to go meet Trish. And then I'm like, 
fuck, I just lost $500, you know, and this is the girl that I had a huge crush on growing mm. up. And then she's like, how's your day going? I was like, I just lost $500. <laughs> and she's like, I'm sorry, you you spent $500? Like, nope. I lost $500. There's a dark game out there. Don't play it. Stay away from it. <laughs> she's like, okay. You want to you wanna get that picture? I was like, yes. Let's, let's get a picture. Let's get it over. <laughs> I, I just want to go home and cry at this point. <laughs> Meeting your female crush. Yeah. Jesus, man. Yeah. You, you suck. Like. You know, but other other than, and, and this is something that, you know, outside of what she looks like, because obviously she's my number one um you know she she started off as as a fitness model mm-hmm. you know and and she was a wrestling fan and the opportunity came be, you know obviously because of how she looked she got that opportunity to to join wrestling mm-hmm. you know and at the beginning like anything with anybody you're not good at something new right you know so she wasn't a great wrestler you know so she was wearing like the short shorts and she was showing a lot of cleavage and stuff at the beginning because that's what she wanted to keep people's attention and on that right. instead of how she wrestled right and you can watch her evolution in the ring as she got better at wrestling mm-hmm. she covered up more mm-hmm. and she did an interview where she she did that intentionally and she's like now that i know how to wrestle this is what you need to focus on don't focus on what i look like focus on what i can do nice you know i was like She's pretty and smart. Oh, I love of my life. <laughs> love of my life. <laughs> now she's got two kids. It's okay. She still looks great. <laughs> now, 40, 45 years old, she still looks great. <laughs> yeah, she does. Yeah, she, does. she looks great. <laughs> you know, and, and that was another thing, like with the women wrestlers, like because women's wrestling in the 90s and 2000s, it was just that. It just had to look good. You know, and they had all these mud matches and all this bullshit and stuff, yeah. you know. But now, you know, the girls they're of legit. today, they're, they're legit. They're legit athletes. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of them put better matches than, than some of the guys, you know. And it's exciting to see what, where women's wrestling has gone from when I started watching to what it is now. Wow. That's awesome, though. I'm glad that you you see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's necessary. And it's, I, I, just, I just enjoy the, the stories behind it. Like the characters of them, and this way I tell people is like if anyone's a hater of professional wrestling is because they haven't sat to watch a whole show. Yeah, there there is something for anybody. If you like comedy, there's comedy in there. Yeah. If you like drama, there's drama. If you like action, there's action. If you like athletics, there's athletics. You just you got to sit down long enough. And the argument that I get, and it, it doesn't make sense because people are like you know it's fake. It's like no shit, it's fake. Mm. And do you watch, you know, the Marvel movies thinking that? Iron Man is real and Captain America is real. No, those characters are fake too. Mm-hmm. Those movies are scripted. Those movies take time. And if you mess up, you do it again. Yeah. And the wrestling shows are live. If they mess up, they can keep going. You know, but mm-hmm. I, I just don't buy the, the fake arguments. Like, I know it's... Don't tell me it's, it's fake because I know. It's entertainment. That's why I watch it. I'm not exactly. expecting to see a athletic competition because that's not what it's there. It's not what it's there for. Exactly. You know, so entertainment. That's what it is. You know, I've been I've watched every WrestleMania since two thousand. So we were that like twenty one WrestleManias in a row that I've watched. Oh my god. You know, I went to WrestleMania in two thousand six. My goal is to hit the big four pay per views that they have a year. WrestleMania, the Royal Rumble, SummerSlam and Survivor Series. I've been to WrestleMania. Excited that this week, I'm going to go see SummerSlam. I'm going to Vegas for that to go Ooh. watch SummerSlam. Um, and then there's just two more. Two you, more. You got this. Two more. One at a time. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. That's that. It's just, it's, I, I don't think it's ever going to be completely out of my life. Um, you know, I, I've talked about it with you guys and I've teased it with some of the wrestlers we've gotten to know that is like, I, I want to help them. If it's just training, if it's just giving them like a, a seminar or whatever, a place to train, I want to help them. You know, I, I, I just want to do something for them because they, professional wrestling helped me get to where I am. Mm-hmm. I want to give it back. You know, I didn't, if I have one match one day in any capacity, I'd, I'd be that. I'd be happy. Hey, you know? call it into existence. <laughs> Manifest <laughs> You know, I, I don't <laughs> see myself. I, and it's not even that I don't see myself. It's just that I don't want to be a professional wrestler anymore. 
if I have one match to say that I had one match, then awesome. But to right. be on the road and doing all this, and do all those things, it's just I don't I don't see it anymore. <laughs> well, I'm glad you finally decided what you want. <laughs> yes, and that's a that's an awesome that's an awesome story. And there's a lot more to come. Yeah, because there's you just know so many dates know so many stories from Vince McMahon we gotta talk about them but that's gonna be mm -hmm. for another time because yeah. I think he deserves another another business talk yeah, that, we always talk about that's, yeah that's my that's my good. business my business bar and he, he's shown me what works and he show, he's shown me what definitely doesn't work <laughs> you know yeah. but uh, yeah that we can fit that under under the the business side of Taz yeah um but no, yeah, like I said, in professional wrestling is just, it's, it's my escape. You know, yeah. life is stressful and I just want something that doesn't stress me out. And yeah. for me, that's professional wrestling. And it shows. That's good. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you finally, I'm glad you have found that. Yeah. For yourself. This is a task that people need to see. The, the nerdy side of task. The nerdy weirdo. I know way too many dates. About That's professional great. wrestling. Imagine what my brain can do if I didn't have all this stuff in there. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, that's what it is. I, had, I can talk about it forever, so we won't bore everybody with it all at once. <laughs> this podcast, this this episode could easily be three hours. And when when I finally get Anton on here, it probably be three hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, but can't wait for that. That's what it is. So. um yeah, uh, next week we have uh, Dan Severn. Hey. You guys get to finally hear that that conversation with him. And then, um, yeah, we look forward to, to doing this as a weekly thing now. We'll make yes. sure we get a, a podcast from Vegas after this experience with SummerSlam and oh, stuff. Oh, my goodness. And then, uh, and then we'll go from there. We'll see what else this brings. And we'll keep you guys posted. Follow us on, on Instagram. Um, subscribe to to Nene's silly YouTube channel. It's entertaining. It's it's, it's okay, I guess. <laughs> Don't hate. <laughs> and her Patreon and all that good stuff. Um, we'll keep you posted on what's going on, but be prepared for weekly podcasts, and still subscribe and put on the note. Definitely put on the notifications now for the YouTube because we don't even know how often those videos are gonna go up anymore. So. Want to be notified when those videos? We're, we're gonna have fun with those videos. You let us know if there's anything specifically you want to see from the Taz Knows YouTube channel. And the last thing, do you boo boo? <laughs> no, fine. I'm sorry you guys had to hear that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> How much whiskey you got? See, she finished her whiskey. That's what's going on. That's what's going on. Thank you. Thank you for sharing the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We finished our whiskey. Whiskey's out. It's late. We got to put this up there soon. So <laughs> have a good morning. Have a good day. Have a good night. Whatever it is that you're listening to. And we will see you. Or we won't see you. But you'll hear us next week. Peace.